Hello, beloved, and welcome to this evening's message. This is part four of our short series on the truth. Specifically, obviously, from this perspective of uh, John, uh, the Apostle John, because he has quite a few things to say about the truth. But what I would like to do is just to start off what I did last week as well, is just to read to you 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Because I believe it's important. Why do we talk about the truth? Why is the truth so important? Why do we focus in on the truth? I believe it's because the truth is under attack in the time and age that we are living in. All right. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 says, But if I am delayed, which means Paul wanted to go and visit Timothy, he says, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. That's that's the verse. The church of the living God is what? The pillar and the ground of the truth. And remember I said that it seems as if the Apostle Paul is referring to the temple of Diana with the 127 golden pillars that was keeping up this roof and um, this, this amazing building. Right, so... Likewise, the church is basically the instrument in God's hands to lift up the truth before the world, to show the world the truth, to preach the truth, to share the truth, uh, because the church is basically the pillar to lift it up, but to also keep it stable at the top. And the reason why we can do that is because of the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit dwells in every single believer. Right, so we need to, uh, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, he needs to know how to conduct himself in the household of God because it's all about people. Right, and the church is the church of the living God. Okay, and then the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Those are important things, very, very important. So, as a church, beloved, we have to be ready all the time to lift up the truth before the world. So that they can see the truth, whether they receive it or not, whether they accept it or not, whether they get upset or not, doesn't matter. We are called to be the pillars to keep the the truth high and ever before this sinful, evil, wicked world. Okay, before we continue into what John has to say about the truth, let's just have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's a privilege to come to you this morning. And to to pray to you, the living Almighty God, and to ask you as the living Almighty God to, to open up our hearts and our minds to receive your word, and especially where we talk about the truth. Oh, Father, please, I pray that you will enable us to understand and to take to heart so that we can apply it to our lives and that we can know that we are the pillar and the ground of truth, and we need to bring it and uplift it and and show it to the world. Otherwise, the world, how will they know? So, Father, please enable us to understand, take to heart, and apply it in our lives. And enable me as your servant to teach your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, when we talk about the truth, what John tells us, that's John the Apostle, eh, that wrote the, the gospel according to John, and he wrote the three epistles, now the three letters, and he also wrote the book of Revelation. Now, John basically tells us 
that truth doesn't change. Now I've alluded to that already, but he says in First uh, John chapter two verse twenty four, he says, "If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you will also abide in the Son, and in the Father." So this idea, or the idea is that what you heard, which means all the truths that that came to us through revelation obviously from the apostles, from the prophets, uh, from the writers of the scripture, what we received in the beginning and those things that we received, if it abides in us, then we will also obviously abide in the Son because those things all point towards Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay. And what we can be assured of is that the truth, because it's connected now to Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. The truth never, ever changes. Now, I, I want you to note that John is not saying that the truth that abides in us should be constantly updated You know, to, to the latest version. It's like uh, Windows that updates or Microsoft that updates. All these programs that we have, uh, I've got an antivirus program, Avast, that I use. And it wants to update all the time. And I have to be connected to the internet for it to update, you know, to the latest version. So that we, at the end of the day, it can do what it needs to do because things are changing on the internet so, so frequently. But what John is telling us, and beloved, this is the amazing thing about... The Word of God, this is the amazing thing about the God that we worship, the eternal God, the the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. It's the amazing thing about God is that, and, and the Word, the Bible, and spiritual um, revelation from God, and, and everything spiritual that surrounds the kingdom of God, and the person of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All these things never changes. It doesn't have to be updated to the latest version because it's already updated. You see, God is the unchanging one. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, the truth that was preached in the beginning, or from the beginning, we can say, is still the same truth today. Because it's the only truth that exists. It's the only objective truth. It is the only truth that can that has stood the test of time because it's connected to the person of Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity. So it is unchangeable. It doesn't change over time. Oh, beloved, and... and it's so encouraging to know that the truth that we embrace, the truth that we stand for, the truth that we proclaim, the, the truth that we lift up before the world so that they can see the truth. Remember, one of our great privileges is that we are basically God's instrument in bringing Christ to the world. 
It is as if every time that we speak about Christ, every time that we we share about Christ, every time we share about the gospel or we share about the world, word of God, whenever we uplift Christ, we are basically drawing a picture of Jesus Christ for people to see that picture. And we pray that as they see that picture, that they will realize that they need Jesus Christ. So we are basically painting a portrait in front of people so that they can see Christ. That's the privilege that you and I have. An amazing thing is, we are basically not introducing somebody to Christ that never changes. We are basically proclaiming to people Christ that never changes. We are bringing to them the Almighty God who is eternal and who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So John basically tells us that the truth does not change. Because the truth, once again, is connected to the person of the second person of the Trinity, and God doesn't change. So the truth cannot change. And once again, remember the world will hate the truth. Because the truth is connected to the person of Christ, and they hate Christ. Satan hates the the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan hates the Father. He hates God. He will do everything in his power to destroy uh, the works of God, the things that God does, even God's people. He will do everything in his power to destroy um, God's creation. But the thing still, or the one thing stays exactly the same, is that the truth doesn't change. And the reason for that is because God doesn't change. Beloved, so what we need to do is we need to study the Word of God, find out what the truth is, and then embrace the truth. And as we embrace the truth, we basically uh, go and, and, and say to the world and to those who who want to listen, those who don't want to listen, we tell them we believe in the truth, we proclaim the truth, and we walk with the truth because the truth is in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Right, but then, there's another thing that John, let's say, when, 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 he, when he talks about the truth, when he writes about the truth, John wants us to take what, is call, what he calls the, let's say what is called the, a truth test. You see, John tells us not to believe every teacher or every prophet or everyone that brings a teaching now who claims to have a, a true spiritual message that comes from God. Don't believe every teacher. Don't believe everyone that comes around. But rather, what should we do? He says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, this is what John writes. He says, test the spirits, whether they are of God. Test the spirits. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Huh? Test the spirits. Because that's what we want to do. Beloved, we have to test the, the spirits of the prophets. We have to test the spirit of anybody that teaches the word of God. We have to test the, the spirit of 
apostles. We have to test anybody who claims to have some truth about God and about his word that they want to share. We have to test that person's spirit. Okay? Now, this is an interesting thought, isn't it? I mean, how do we test the spirit of of a prophet? Let's use a prophet for a moment. How? How how do we do that? You see, this is what John does. He says in 1 John 4, verse 1, he says, Test the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, we have false prophets, and what we need to do is we need to test their spirit to see what spirit they are, they come from. Okay? But then what he does is he basically tells us how to test the spirit of a prophet. And he does it in verse 2 and 3. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 2 and 3, John tells us exactly how to test the spirit of a prophet. Okay, let's read verse 2. It says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Alright, so you will know that this is the Spirit of God working in and through a prophet. And then he says, Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Then verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. All right, so this spirit, this antichrist spirit is already at work in the world. It's already preparing the world. And we're talking about 2,000 years ago, nearly 2,000 years ago when when John wrote this letter. He says that the antichrist, which you heard was coming, he's already in the world. That spirit of antichrist has already been at work from the time of John, you know, when he wrote the, the letter. And that spirit is still at work. We call it the spirit now. So what, what does John tell us about testing the spirits? In verse 2, he tells us that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Okay. So if a spirit... And that basically means if a prophet comes along and he tells us that Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the second person of the Trinity, has come in the flesh, which means it is the incarnation that has taken place. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, has become flesh. Okay, He dwelled among us. And then obviously what came out of it as well is the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sin. He was buried and he rose again from the grave and he ascended up into heaven and he's coming back after he's prepared a place for us. So, we know that it is a true prophet of God and we can accept the spirit by which that prophet comes to us when when that prophet basically confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Okay, So that spirit is of God. That prophet is basically a prophet of the Almighty God. But verse 3 tells us, that 1 John chapter 3, 
tells us, uh, chapter 4, verse 3 tells us, Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So if a spirit or if a prophet says that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that God became flesh to come and dwell among us as the God-man, and then he died and he took our punishment for our sin upon himself, and he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to what the scriptures have said, and he appeared to many, many people, and then he ascended into heaven. Uh, we read about that in the book of Acts. And he poured out the Holy Spirit and he will return. So if any spirit, any prophet, any person proclaiming to be of God, anyone proclaiming to, to, to work, how can I say, proclaiming the word, saying that they are preaching the word of God, but if they deny that Jesus is the Christ, which means that Jesus Christ is the anointed one of God. If they deny that, beloved, then they're not of God. Okay? It's, it's very important. So the test, to, to test the, 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 the prophet, to see whether the prophet is, how can I say, prophesying or speaking, uh, through the Spirit of God, which, which means that the Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, is in that person, and how can I say, uh, and, and enabling that person to to speak about Christ and to confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. If that is the fact, if that is what the person says, then that person is of God. That person has the Holy Spirit, and it's interesting. Uh, if we test the spirit of a prophet, we do it by listening to what that prophet has to say about the person of Jesus Christ. Did Jesus come in the flesh? Is Jesus God who became flesh? Is Jesus the God-man who dwelled on the earth? Is Jesus the one that had two natures, a divine nature and a human nature? Is Jesus the one who came to die, the perfect Lamb of God? Is Jesus Christ the one that was perfect as man that came to die for our sin? So whatever the prophet has to say, what scripture teaches about Christ, and if that spirit does, if that person does say everything that the scripture teaches about who Jesus Christ is, especially the incarnation, especially the fact that Jesus Christ came in the flesh, that person Spirit is the Holy Spirit that works and and basically ministers through that prophet. Okay, so what that person says about Christ, the person of Christ, is crucial. But if that person says, and if he does not confess that Jesus came in the flesh, that person is not of God. And we shouldn't listen to that prophet or apostle or teacher or whatever. We shouldn't listen to that person. Okay, so we need to be very, very careful to listen carefully, listen, listen clearly on what whoever speaks. What do they say about Jesus Christ? And specifically, what do they say about Jesus Christ in the sense that he is the second person of the Trinity who became flesh, that he is God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. All right, that will tell us whether that person is from the Lord or whether that person is from the devil. Whether that person is working 
uh, and ministering in and through the power of the Holy Spirit or whether that person is working in and through the power of an evil spirit. Okay. Now, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 22, we read, Who is a liar? Now, who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Ah, who is a liar? Anybody who denies that Jesus Christ is the anointed one, that Jesus Christ is the one called by God and sent to this earth, that he incar- he's the, he's God incarnate, he is the Jewish Messiah. So if anybody denies that Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah, that he is God who became flesh, that Jesus Christ is the anointed one of God, the one that was purposed by God, that he is the son of God, that he's the the unique uh, begotten, nah? the, which means unique, one of a kind, um, where God himself in the person of Jesus Christ became flesh. But John tells us, who is a liar? It is he who denies that Jesus Christ is the Christ. Those who say that Jesus Christ is is uh, not the anointed of God. Then he says, he is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Alright, so, a person is a liar if they deny Jesus Christ is uh, the anointed of God. But, a person is an Antichrist if they deny the Father and the Son. Alright, that person is against Christ. That person is not uh, the kind of person that follows after God and, f- and, and, and loves Him and how can I say, wants to embrace Him as the living Almighty God and wants to obey Him in every single thing. Now, beloved, John describes Jesus Christ um, as the true God. Okay? And then he closes his letter Right there at the end, John, First John chapter five, verse twenty and twenty-one, uh, he closes his letter with an amazing uh, command. He says, "Little children, guard yourselves from idols." You see, so John is warning the the readers of his letter that if they move away from the truth, which means they move away from Christ, eh? but if they move away from the truth, then it leads to idolatry. That's the reality. If you move away from the truth of the gospel, if you move away from the truth which is Christ, if you move away from the revelation of God, if you move away from uh, the truth, if you move away from everything that has been revealed by God uh, in the word, if we move away from those things, it will always lead to idolatry. And, And John says to us, little children, Guard yourself from idols. Don't get involved in idolatry. Stick to the truth. It is the moment that we start embracing lies. Uh, It's the moment that we move away from the truth of the gospel. It's the moment that we move away from the truth of scripture. The moment we do that, then we are in danger of falling into idolatry. And, And John clearly warns his readers that a moving away from the truth or that digression from the truth 
leads to idolatry. You see, when we move away from the truth, then we actually move away from the true God. Now, that's why John describes Jesus as the true God. Yeah, so that's important. When we move away from the truth, we move away from the true God and we put ourselves in danger of worshipping a God who is not true, who is not the real God, uh, which is actually a God created in our own imagination. I've heard so many people um, talk about God. Oh no, the God that I worship will not do that. Oh, the God that I worship is more lenient than the one that you worship. You know, you will hear people and they talk about their God. And then their God is very tolerant towards sin. Their God um, loves false teachings. Their God actually accepts it if you are involved in idolatry. Their God actually, uh, because it's a figment of their imagination, is anything that they think that God should be, that's who God is for them. Beloved, it's ridiculous. It is heartbreaking actually to think about it like that. We must remember if we move away from the truth, then we move away from the true God and we put ourselves in danger of worshipping a God who is not true, a God created by or in our own imagination. It's normally a God that is created in our own image. No? It's, it's very interesting. When people talk about the God that I worship or the God that I um, believe in, that God is actually uh, not just made up in their imagination, but it's that God is very similar to uh, a human being, sometimes an idol, obviously. It's as if you can, you can see people, you know, the way that people are. You can see it in this this God that people make up. And and that God is, how can I say, created more in the image of man than man is created in the image of God. We are created in the image of God. But there are many people who create God in their image, in their likeness. Because it's the God of their own imagination. So John warns us. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Guard yourselves from idol worship. We can actually create a God that we think is the God of the Bible. But in fact, he's an idol. It's an idol that we created ourselves. In our own imaginations. You see, if it's not the true God that we worship is always an idol. And I believe that we need to be very aware. We need to be on the lookout. We need to watch out. We need to be very sensitive that we make sure that we stick to the revelation that God has given us, that we stick to the truth, which refers to Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. We need to stick to objective truth because... It is that truth, the truth that we find in Scripture. That is the truth that is always the same, never changes. Okay, We can trust it always. 
because it is the truth. It's ultimate truth. And we need to embrace um, that truth so that at the end of the day, we can know that we always walk in truth and we don't fall into the trap of worshipping idols rather than worshipping the true living God as revealed to us in the scriptures. Right, up to there. I'm I'm going to, to stop there. It's a mouthful. But I do believe it's important for us to to understand. Beloved, we're living in a time where people hate the truth. They do not embrace the truth. They don't want to hear the truth. And even if you are willing to bring the truth to them, you can be rest assured, chances are, and it's becoming clearer and clearer, and it's becoming more and more, you are going to be persecuted for just speaking the truth. People are going to cut you out of conversations just because you stand for the truth. People will not want to listen to you just because they know when they when you speak, you're going to speak the truth and they don't want to hear the truth. They want to hear the lie. Now, God willing, next week, I would like to touch on that aspect. That God, and he's speaking about the time, obviously, of the Antichrist, but I believe he's already doing it. God will, how can I say, send a strong delusion over people so that they will believe the lie and not embrace the truth. So, in a sense, we can say, yeah, uh, people who do not love Christ, who are not saved, by nature, they are enemies of God, and by nature, they hate the truth. But, beloved, there is a point, and, and I see it in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, there is a point where God himself basically gives people over to a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie rather than the truth. That's why people, they believe that um, they, the God that they've created for themselves, that's the true God. And they worship that God, even though it's an idol. And the reason why they do it is because God has given them over to a strong delusion, to embrace error and to basically to walk in error. And the reason is because they did not love the truth. They rather loved the lie. So, beloved, I believe that we need to be vigilant, as John tells us. We need to be sure at the end of the day that we are worshipping the God of the Bible and not some idol that we've created for ourselves in our image and our likeness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the truth, and thank you that the truth sets us free. Thank you when we embrace the truth. There is peace and joy and a quiet rest because we are, how can I say, able to rest in the peace that you you give us in Christ. Thank you for that, Father. And I pray wherever we might deviate from the truth and where we might be thinking of you as the living Almighty God uh, in, in a way that is not fitting, it's not biblical, I pray please have mercy on us. So we can come back to the truth and embrace the truth and only the truth of who you are. Oh, Father, I pray in Jesus' precious name. The word that has gone out to your people, I pray, 
will you please, in the name of Jesus Christ, use that which comes from you and um, those that does not come from you, the things that comes from my own mind and my own heart, Father, I pray that you will cut it out of your people's hearts and minds so that the truth of your word can, how can I say, um, can, can guard us and can be in us and that we can walk in accordance to that truth. As we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very, very much for, for listening. I really do pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that His face will shine upon you, that He will give you His peace, and that we will all, as His children, embrace the true God, and that we will always remember that we are the pillar and the ground of the truth, and that we will always lift it up before the world, even though the world lies and brings lies to us, that we will always bring the truth, but that we will always speak the truth in love. And this, may that be true. God willing, until next time, um, Lord bless. Bye-bye.